listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so excited, so thankful as we come to this day. And as always, God is so faithful to just put a word on my heart, on your hearts that just sustains us through our day. And today I was thinking about how God is constant. You know, and when we think about the consistency of God, we think about the fact that he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that provides a solid foundation for us to build our lives upon. But I was also thinking about the faithfulness of God to work consistently in our lives. And so that means that he's always at work. He is seeing us. He is loving us. He is knowing us. He is positioning us for healing and redemption and hope and transformation and really just spiritual success in our daily walks with him. And I don't know about you, but for me, that brings such just peace into my daily walk with him because sometimes my circumstances, and I know your circumstances, they do not feel consistent. They do not feel steady. They feel sometimes like a roller coaster where we have the spiritual highs and the spiritual lows. But in the midst of all of that, God is the same and God is at work. And so today, hang on to that truth. Today, celebrate that truth. You know, maybe you're in a low point where you're just wondering, is God there? Celebrate the truth of God's consistency to be with you, even when you're not quite sure where he is or what he's doing. And when we do that, we live out that full, free, abundant life. And so today, know that God is with you. Know that God is consistent and that God is able. Well, Bethany, welcome to the show this morning. Good morning. You doing all right? I am doing great today. You know, okay, so in the spirit of transparency, I am a little tired this morning. (laughs) I rolled in a little late because I was really trying to get my day going today. Mm -hmm. So many emails to return, so many loads of laundry. You know, I have laundry and I just am remembering right now, I forgot to hang up the delicates that are still in the washing machine. I don't know if you've ever done that or not. Oh, no, I totally have. There's been many a time where I've started a load before bed thinking it'll be done before I have to, you know, go to bed and it'll be fine. I can put things in the dryer. No, no. My husband has woken up many mornings to wet jeans. Yes. Well, let's just say that one gift I have is washing things multiple times and drying things multiple times. Me too. We are in the same boat. Yes. 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 So let's just turn that dryer back on and all is well. (laughs) So I'm actually really good this morning. Yeah. It's good. I'm excited as we come to God's word today, and we're going to continue our series on Ruth. You know, she's my girl. I love her. (laughs) I've written a book on Ruth called On the Road with Ruth. And I tell you, that portion of my walk with God, when I was just digging into Ruth's story and seeing her just love God in the midst of her ups and downs and pursue God and pursue the plans that God has for her, I mean, I was challenged by it. And I thought, you know, I want to emulate those character qualities in my life. And so I wrote this book called On the Road with Ruth that really highlights the different character qualities of Ruth as she journeyed from Moab to Bethlehem and was ultimately included in the lineage of Jesus Christ. That's the kind of story that we should want to have. That's the kind of life that we should want to live. And so in the last couple of weeks, we've looked at Ruth chapter one and Ruth chapter two. And today we're going to really progress forward in the story. We're going to just touch on the end of Ruth chapter two 
two, and then look at Ruth chapter three. But we need to remember that this is a real story made up with real people that took place during a very real time. And while we can sit down and read this story in about 15 to 20 minutes, it was years of them just living out hardship and pain, but ultimately leading to soul deep restoration. And so Ruth returns to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi, during the barley harvest. And this was following a famine. And so the presence of God was among his people, uh, the Israelites, and he was providing and he was protecting them and he was positioning them for redemption. And so Ruth steps into this move of God and she engages in life. I don't know if you remember that about her story or not, but as she came back to Bethlehem, she was hungry. She knew that Naomi was hungry and she knew that there was this law that allowed her as an alien or a stranger in the land of Bethlehem to go out and to glean and gather in the field and to pick up the leftover grain. And that was how she was going to provide for herself and for her mother-in-law, Naomi. Well, God in his sovereignty, in his consistency, in his goodness and in his grace, he was orchestrating an event that was more than what Ruth could have imagined. And that was an encounter with this man named Boaz. Now, remember, Boaz is a picture of Jesus. And so when we see Boaz, we are going, okay, what's happening between Boaz and Ruth? And how does that portray a picture of what Jesus is going to do on our behalf? And so Boaz comes onto the scene and he notices Ruth. He is like, whose young woman is that? And the foreman says, oh, that is, you know, Ruth. She is a Moabite. She came back to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law and she was working hard in the field. And so Boaz goes over to Ruth. Like he just makes that straight. He like beelines to her. And we talked about how, you know, probably for us, we might've felt uncomfortable in that moment if we were Ruth going, oh my goodness, are we in trouble? Yeah. But Boaz spoke peace and grace into Ruth's life. And he just said, hey, stay right here. You know, and we see the heart of God in that Mm -hmm. as God protects us, as God creates and carves out a place for us to belong and to be provided for. And that's his consistent work in our life. And so Ruth was overwhelmed. She was like, (laughs) kind of like pinch me. Like this was her moment when she's like overwhelmed by the grace and the goodness of Boaz in that moment. And so she just said, why are you being so nice to me? Mm -hmm. And the word nice is actually translated kindness. And it's this great Hebrew word called hesed. And it just means God's loyal, faithful love. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's like, why are you showing so much loyalty and faithfulness and love towards me? And Boaz says, listen, I've heard about you. I've heard about how you came to Bethlehem with your mother-in-law. I've heard about how you left your mom and how you left your homeland and how you have taken refuge under the wings of the one true God. And that word refuge, it meant that Ruth had put her hope and her trust and her confidence in the one true God. And to me, that is the heart of the story Mm -hmm. that Ruth had placed her trust in the one true God of Israel and that that changed her life. It changed her allegiance. It changed the direction of her life, that transformational grace. That's the picture of what happens to us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And so for you and me, as we think about how we can live a consistent life in the midst of God's consistent work in our life, there's such a beautiful formula, if you want to call it that, or a beautiful example that we see in the story of Ruth as we cling to the right things and as we're determined to live in those right things. And as we take initiative and engage in life, we're going to see that God's already there. He's already at work. He's already positioning these moments that are just more than what we can ask or imagine. But we do have a step to take in the process. We've got to take that step of faith. We've got to trust him. And the only way we do that is if we're refuged into him 
And so we see so much just in the first couple of chapters of Ruth that are foundational for what God's going to do in her life as she is going to be grafted into the lineage of Jesus Christ. And so just the backdrop of this story is so rich and so deep. So Boaz just does something that is above and beyond what is expected and what is necessary. He invites Ruth to come and sit at the table and to eat his food. Mm -hmm. And as she is there at the table, he is serving her. Again, a picture of Jesus. Jesus invites us to his table. He serves us his life-changing food through his word, through his work in our lives. And then because Ruth had been at the table, she was positioned to go back home to Naomi and share the fruit of that table with Naomi. And Naomi's life and her perspective was changed because of that. And we've done a program on that. We've talked specifically about what it means for us to sit at the table of Jesus and to take in his life-changing food and how that changes us. It transforms us. And then we're able to speak into the lives of others. Well, yeah, because becoming a Christian doesn't just affect one person. If people see you displaying the fruits of the Spirit and you just have this unexplainable amount of peace and joy, people are going to take notice. And so I think that's exactly what happened with Ruth. I mean, she came home and she was changed. And Naomi even asked her in verse 19, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Hmm. I mean, there was something that Ruth was both showing in the amount of barley that she brought home, but also probably in her physical countenance as she probably was a little bit thankful, a little (laughs) bit excited, a little bit hopeful, and it caught Naomi's attention. This just goes to the point of what you were saying, Bethany, when we experience life change in our life, first and foremost, when we experience the transformational grace of Jesus in our life, other people will notice and we see such a transformation beginning to happen in Naomi's life. Mm -hmm. At this point, after Ruth had been to the table with Boaz and she comes back with all of this barley, she comes back with this wonderful, hopeful news that this man told her that she could stay there and that she could glean and that she could continue to gather. There is a change and transformation in Naomi's life. In Ruth chapter one, Naomi is just at a place of hopelessness. She is clearly bitter because she changes her name from lovely Naomi to Mara, which meant bitter. And she is proclaiming in the scriptures right here when she says, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Mm -hmm. And she goes on to say that God's hand is against me. And so we see in Ruth chapter one, Naomi is in a low place. Again, we have those highs and lows. She is in a place that is low. She is in a place that is desperate. She is in a place of hopelessness. But because of God's consistency and his consistent work in their life and in their circumstances, and because Ruth engaged in the process, we see a different Naomi. Well, and also I think it goes to show how God can redeem situations because you talked about this earlier, you know, Moabite women did not have a great reputation amongst the Israelites. And so the fact that Naomi and her husband, they would take their family to Moab where their sons would then marry Moabite women, that wasn't really considered a great choice. But God still used Ruth, a Moabite woman, to have his line. I mean, Jesus through their line, the, the house of David, and God can take any situation and turn it for his glory and his good. That's right. And, you know, we think about our own stories because we all have our Moabs. We all have our Moabite moments. We all have our areas of shame and guilt and struggle and hardship. God came. He sent Jesus to redeem that area and for that area to shine forth with his bright light. Mm-hmm. And so that's such a great point. And we see in the life of Naomi transformational grace as well. And so we just want to celebrate that. We want to elevate that out of this story and go, okay, we serve the same God. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a place of hopelessness, if we're in a place of desperation, if we're in a place where we believe that God's hand is against 
us, we can hang on to truth in this moment because listen to Naomi. She is proclaiming at this point, she goes, blessed be the man who took notice of you. You see what she was doing? She was seeing how God was at work, how he was providing. And so as we think about Naomi, let's not miss the fact that God was at work in her life too. And we're going to come back after the break and we're going to continue to see how God is going to redeem not only Ruth, but also Naomi through this wonderful process called the Kinsman Redeemer process. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. So we're back and we're talking about the story of Ruth and Naomi and God's consistent work in our lives in the midst of every season, every difficulty, every triumph. Uh, He is so good. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he consistently works out of his love. You know, Bethany, we always need to celebrate the fact that God is love and that he is light and that in him is no darkness whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And when we remember that truth and believe that truth and celebrate that truth, then it helps us to weather those difficult seasons of life. (laughs) You know, we were talking about seasons earlier and how that can be kind of a churchy word, kind of a, you know, spiritualized word for saying, oh, this difficult season, but we do have those times Mm -hmm. that are just unknown. We definitely see that in the story of Naomi and Ruth. And Naomi, she's just blown away by Ruth when she comes home from the field of Boaz, mainly because she has so much barley. You know, the scripture tells us that she had a particular ephah. Now, I looked that up, and that actually is like 30 to 50 pounds of barley. Like, Ruth was a strong woman. She was a strong woman. That. I don't know. Like, let me just put it in context because the average Israelite male worker, he would usually glean and gather one to two pounds. So she oh my had goodness. 30 to 50 pounds of barley. And so Naomi's just like blown away by it. Again, the provision of God, mm. the faithfulness of God, how he goes above and beyond what we can ask for, what we can imagine and what we can provide for ourselves. We see that as a consistency in his character. And so Naomi's just like having a good day here. She's like, God is present. He is active. He is providing. And so she said in verse 20, the Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he, Boaz, has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And the word kindness again there is that great Hebrew word has said, that's that loyal, faithful love. And that word describes the character of God, the heart of God, who God is. And one thing about said that's particularly important for us to understand is that Hased was expressed to someone who was in a least likely position. It was somebody who couldn't repay that kindness. So grace-filled love. It was grace-filled love. Mm-hmm. And it's such a picture of our salvation. Yeah. Because listen, we are in a mess without Jesus. <laughs> our sin wreaks havoc in our lives. Uh, but Jesus paid it all. And he died in our place. And he did that out of Hased, out of loyal, faithful love 
love to his father and to us. And in a very real way, it's a picture of love for the least likely because we can never pay him back for that. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is surrender our lives to that love and surrender our lives to the plan and the will of God and walk in obedience and in a sense die to ourselves and live for him. And through that process, we see the picture of God's grace. So we see that right here in this concept of Hesed, this Old Testament, loyal, faithful love. So Naomi's going to introduce this kinsman redeemer process in verse 20 when she says of Boaz, that man is our close relative. He is our kinsman redeemer. And a kinsman redeemer was a person who was put in place for the purpose of buying back somebody who was in trouble. God, in his goodness and grace, put laws into place so that people could always be provided for. And so let's say that somebody died before they had a child, specifically a son, in order for their name and their land, because everything was tied to legacy and land before they had a son who could continue the name of the family and have the land passed down through their family. That's how they stayed in the Israelite family. That's how they stayed in the Israelite culture. Everything was tied to a son and everything was tied to land and everything was tied to legacy. And so if a man died prior to having a son, there was a couple of different things that were in place in the law of God's people, the Israelites. They had the law of Leverot marriage and they had the kinsman redeemer process. And basically what that would look like is that a man would marry the widow and then produce a son and that son would carry on the name of the dead man. Mm -hmm. And so it was a picture of God's grace to continue on the legacy of the dead man. Yeah, not to completely wipe out a generation just because something kind of went wrong. And you have to remember the importance of legacy in the Old Testament and then also in the New Testament. You know, all of those lists of names that whenever we come to them in our Bible reading plan, we (laughs) skip over them because they seem to mean nothing to us. Again, every name is a reminder of the consistency and the character of God because he was providing a lineage for Jesus to come through. Mm -hmm. And so the names are very important. And so God in his goodness and grace, he made provision through the law of Leverat marriage and the kinsman redeemer process. Now, kinsman redeemer, it also impacted other areas of the Israelites' lives. If somebody got into a difficult situation with maybe owing money or just trouble in general, there was a relative who had the opportunity to step forward and redeem because God's chosen people. Remember the purpose of the nation of Israel, it was to display the goodness of God. It was to display the character of God. This was a people that was among a lot of other different types of people. And God was carving them out as a nation to show the difference that the one true God made both in a people and through a people. And so the nation of Israel, it's, it's very important for us to understand how God worked and functioned in their life because it's a picture of how he works in functions in our lives because today we are his chosen people. We are his royal priesthood. We are his holy nation. We are a people belonging to God. We've been brought out of darkness into his marvelous light to declare his praise and his glory to a world that needs to see the difference that Jesus makes in us. And so we need to understand there was a purpose for the nation of Israel. And it is in a sense, another foreshadow to our abiding relationship in Jesus Christ. And so God just called this unlikely group of people and he made them into a nation and he told them how to live and as they lived with their hearts and their eyes inclined to him, it made all the difference. So it's just beautiful. So he, he's providing in every way. Now we want to fast forward to Ruth
Ruth chapter three because this is where it kind of gets steamy a little bit. Uh, this is where you know you I start never going, thought I would hear you say those words in this studio. <laughs> well, this is where the Bible gets kind of steamy. It gets a little bit exciting right here. <laughs> it's a Ruth, hallmark movie. It's a hallmark movie. We're excited as we move into Ruth chapter three to think about how again this was real people, mm-hmm. Bethany. These people they were having to walk through a situation that was maybe and I think probably uncomfortable because Naomi starts to get an idea because of this kinsman redeemer process that Ruth should go to the threshing floor and she should propose marriage. And so for Ruth, she receives this word after eight weeks of gleaning and gathering in the field that Naomi wants her to put on her best clothes. Mm -hmm. And again, this is at the beginning of Ruth chapter three. And that's really important because most likely Ruth had been wearing widow's clothes. She had had on clothes that were representing mourning. Mm -hmm. And Naomi says, it's a new day. Take off those mourning clothes, the grief clothes. And I want you to wash and perfume yourself. It is a new day, Ruth. And we're stepping into a new season. And here's what I want you to do. And I'm going to paraphrase it. I want you to go to the threshing floor. I want you to find Boaz. I want you to uncover his feet after he's laid down to sleep. And then he's going to tell you what to do. What I just really love about this portion of the scripture is Ruth's response, because we see it in Ruth chapter three, verse five. She said to Naomi, I will do whatever you say. So like that's That's faith. Huge, huge. Like I'll just do it. I mean, she didn't argue. She didn't, you know, try to change her mind. She didn't try to bring, you know, some kind of sense into the situation. (laughs) Simple obedience. Mm -hmm. And that's what I write about in On the Road with Ruth. The importance of us understanding that this relationship that Ruth is demonstrating with Naomi and with Boaz, it is a beautiful picture of how we relate to other people in our lives and specifically to God that we would hear the call and that we would respond in obedience. Well, and Ruth was in a vulnerable position. I mean, I'm sure that must have been kind of terrifying to go to the threshing floor and just kind of put herself out there like she did. But you're right. That's what God requires of us is to be completely transparent and vulnerable and say, God, not my will, but yours. That is easier said than done. Yes. You know, because like I can say that, you know, in my head, but to say and believe it in my heart, especially in these intense moments that really require vulnerability, because here's what was going to happen. She was putting herself in a place to be either accepted or rejected. Mm. And she was already a Moabite in Bethlehem with the people of God. I mean, she was already in a place of desperate vulnerability just by being there because of her physical circumstances. And so this was a big old step of faith. I mean, like we're going to just put it in Arkansas terms. This was a big old step of faith. And for her just to surrender Mm. and to say, okay, I'm in. Well, and I think she probably didn't have a whole lot to lose because I'm guessing she had maybe at least been talked about. I mean, gossiped about by the women in the in the town of Bethlehem. And I wonder if she already thought, you know what, I'm I'm an outsider. I don't have a whole lot to lose here. I may as well just put myself out there. I do think that's what it was. I think she was able to trust in God's plan because of remember in chapter two, she confided in God. She mm-hmm. found refuge in God. She found her hope in God. And so that doesn't mean that she didn't have hard moments. That, that doesn't mean that she didn't waver in her faith. Again, we don't want to exalt individuals in the Bible. We want to learn from them. And so we see that she was at some level settled into her life and able just to walk in obedience and faith. And so she did it. She walked to the threshing room floor. She waited till Boaz was laying down. She went over, she uncovered his feet and he looked at her and he blessed her. Hmm. You know, again, a picture of Jesus. And here's the reminder. We are safe with our God. We are safe in 
in his arms. We are safe in his heart. We are safe in every single way. He is a protector of our hearts. He is a pursuer of our hearts. We never have to wonder his thoughts towards us, his intentions towards us. Remember, he is consistent and he works consistently in our life. And so they're at the threshing floor and Boaz blesses her. And he also delivers some news that I think was probably a little bit shocking when he said to Ruth, I want you to know that I'm all in. Again, I'm paraphrasing when it comes to this, but there is a kinsman redeemer. There is a relative that is nearer than I, and he has to have the first opportunity to redeem. Mm. If he redeems, then that's fine. He redeems. But if he doesn't, I want you to know I will redeem you. And then he sent Ruth back to Naomi and Naomi said, what in the world happened? Yeah. You know, and Ruth told her exactly what took place there at the threshing room floor. And Naomi said this at the end of Ruth chapter three, she said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens for this man will not rest until this matter is settled today. Hmm. We see again, just the beautiful, beautiful work of God in this command to just wait and watch, you know, and I want us to come back on our next program and pick up the story right there, because sometimes we are in seasons where we have to wait Hmm. and it's not always resolved today. But we can learn because of the character of God, because of the consistency of God, that in seasons that are long and seasons that are short, we serve the one true God and he is at work and he is redeeming and he is taking care of our hearts. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in Central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.